We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. I'm your host, Walker Wildman. Glad to be with you today, broadcasting live from our national headquarters in uh, northeast Mississippi, the birthplace of Elvis, Tupelo, Mississippi, broadcasting live here um, from northeast Mississippi. Glad to be with you today on AFA at the Core. You can check out our website, AFR.net. AFR.net is our URL, our website, where you can go there and read more about AFA at the Core and actually listen to past shows. You can listen to today's show, actually, uh, live by going to AFR.net. We have our mobile application out there, the AFR app. It's simple, easy, quick to download. It's free, and you can listen live and listen to past shows on the uh, mobile application as well. And the last thing I'll mention is that we're live streaming the video on YouTube and Facebook. If you go to AFA at the Core channel on YouTube, you can watch the show. And you can also watch the show on my Facebook page, the AFA at the Core Facebook page. You can watch the show in both of those places. We'll have Steve Tiber, president of Eight Days of Hope, on with us next segment to talk about their work in Louisiana, uh, helping families recover from Hurricane Ida. So you won't want to miss that interview next segment here on AFA at the Core. Our scripture for the week is out of the book of Proverbs. We've been in Proverbs for several weeks now. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. These nuggets of wisdom coming out of the book of Proverbs. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold, the profit being wisdom better than gold. So that's out of the book of Proverbs. So whoever finds wisdom um, gets understanding. And we all know, we should at least, uh, that wisdom comes from God himself. Wisdom comes from the word of God. Uh, we can't uh, find wisdom, true wisdom, from other things and other people and other places it's just not going to hold up like uh, God's wisdom holds up. Uh, speaking of video, a few minutes ago when I mentioned where you can watch the show, we put out an announcement. I wrote a blog, a pretty detailed blog this past weekend, announcing our video platform. Uh, the headline for the blog that I wrote is Transforming Culture One Project at a Time. And uh, on this uh, blog, I announced our new our new uh, project, AFA Streaming, is what it's called. AFA Streaming is the name of the project, and it's our new video platform that will be launching on November 1st, 2021. November 1, 2021 is the date. It's a Monday that we're going to be launching AFA Streaming platform where you can go and watch all AFA content, and you'll actually be able to watch uh, our radio shows, AFA at the Core and other shows, not live yet, but you'll be able to watch them once we upload them to the platform. You'll be able to watch all of our radio shows on that platform. And then in 2022, 
we're going to build in a live feature where you can watch the shows in real time. Uh, we'll do that next year. But this year, you'll be able to watch the shows once we upload them. Uh, so within the hour after the show is over, we'll upload them to the platform, and you can go back and watch them at your convenience. Going through a few details of this video platform that we released over the weekend, uh, there will be two tiers of users. Uh, so this is under the section, Who Will Have Access?, there will be two tiers of users, free users and great commission partner partner users. So that's two users, free users and great commission partner users. Uh, and in parentheses there, it has GCP, great commission partner. Um, all users will be required to create an account on the platform. Free users will be able to stream and, and view limited content on only one device at a time. Great Commission Partner users will have unlimited access to all content on the platform in exchange for a monthly donation. Great Commission Partner users will be allowed to stream and view content on up to five devices simultaneously. So if your kids want to stream and you and your wife want to stream and then uh, a cousin's over and they want to stream too, all three or four of you are five. You can all stream at the same time using the same login credentials. And then, of course, Great Commission Partner users will also get exclusive access to certain newly released content. Uh, the How Much Will It Cost section, of course, there's a free level, there's a free tier, but the Great Commission Partner uh, subscribers or the Great Commission Partner tier will be a monthly gift of any amount. Uh, so you give a monthly gift of $5, $10, $15, $50 a month, you'll have access to this. Um, let's see. And lastly, the launch date is November 1, 2021, November 1, 2021. And we'll post a link to this on my podcast page at AFR.net. Transforming culture, one project at a time. That's what we have coming up here November 1. Uh, November 1 is the launch date for that. Jumping right into our stories for the week, um, we just can't uh, overlook and not talk about uh, again, this story out of Kabul, Afghanistan, that took place last month, and that is the drone strike, the U.S.-led, the U.S.-managed drone strike in Kabul, Afghanistan, in the final days of our departure there, that killed 10 innocent civilians. The uh, Pentagon came out in the days following uh, this strike, claiming that it was a righteous strike. General Milley, uh, General Milley the uh, Chinese uh, loyalist in the Pentagon, he came out uh, in the days following the uh, drone strike, and he at, at the podium at the Pentagon, he called this a righteous strike. So my question is, did he know that it was a, a bad strike? Did he know that they killed 10 innocent civilians when he came to the podium, tried to spin it, and called it a righteous strike. Did he know at the time at the podium that it was not a righteous strike, but instead he said it anyway because it was all about politics and making things look good when they don't look good and they're not going well? So that's the question I have. Uh, but here's who the drone strike killed. These are, are 10 innocent civilians. None of which, Mark, listen to this, none of which have any, ter any ties to terrorist groups. None of which have any ties to terrorist groups. Zamari Ahmadi, 
is the fellow they were targeting, who they claimed was some kind of terrorist or a terrorist-linked person. Turns out he wasn't. He was an aid worker in Afghanistan. And nine members of his family, including seven children, were killed on August 29th, one day before the final U.S. evacuation flights left Kabul. There's a clip I want to play. This is um, clip two. This is Representative Waltz talking about how we can't continue dropping bombs and doing drone strikes from thousands of miles away if we don't have good intelligence to confirm who these targets are. Clip two, let's listen. General McKenzie, the general in overall command of the strike, constantly said they were rushed. They were on an impossible time frame as a justification for the strike. Well, I want to know, were they being pressured by the Pentagon or by the White House to take this strike because they had to take action because of the suicide bombing? And to your point on the over-the-horizon counterterrorism, I've been saying this for months. You may as well call it over-the-rainbow counterterrorism. It's a talking point. You have to have multiple forms of intelligence to pinpoint the bad guys and be sure that's who's in your crosshair before you take a strike. You have to have people on the ground. You have to have sensors. You have to have signal intelligence, all to double check your work. And we don't have any of that anymore. None of that. It's all been pulled out. When we pulled the troops out, the intelligence left, the contractors left, our diplomats left. And now America is a lot less safe. You have no bases in the region, no local allies on the ground. And now you have an army's worth of terror terrorist equipment for them to hit the United States again. This cancer is going to spread and it will follow us home and sending drones from thousands of miles away isn't going to be good enough. Well, that's it. That's Representative Waltz. Sending drones from thousands of miles away isn't going to be good enough. And he led that clip by talking about how we had little intelligence assets on the ground there at this time. We had we, we probably had no corroboration I mean, we're just dropping bombs like nobody's business. It's like we're playing a video game. They just drop a just drop just drop a bomb. That's yeah, fine. Just just hit that white car right there. Who's in it? We don't know. Just hit the white car, and then we'll go on national television and we'll act like we're hitting ISIS case terrorists. And in reality, we're hitting aid workers, and we're hitting seven children. And my my, my other question is, who's going to answer for this? Who authorized the drone strike on innocent civilians? Who's going to answer for this? Somebody's got to answer for this. You can't just drop bombs, just willy-nilly just drop bombs, and then when you hit seven children, you just go, oops, my bad, and just move on. You just can't do that. And another example of of this double standard, and that's what makes people so frustrated is this double standard about the the repercussions that U.S. service members face when they don't get the target right. When they when they when they uh, target and shoot and kill unarmed uh, civilians in foreign countries, they go through all kind of trouble. And we've got all these rules of engagements that basically tie our service members' hands behind their back when they're deployed. Well, you got to be shot at first. And they've got all these rules in it. Oh, man, if you break one of them, you're in trouble. You're going to answer. You're going to answer for it. And an, an example of this is a, a Navy SEAL by the name of Edward Gallagher. Remember this name? Navy SEAL Special Operations Chief Edward Gallagher. He was court-martialed 
went before a military jury for posing with a dead terrorist member's body. This was an ISIS member that the Navy SEALs killed, and he posed with his body. Well, he was brought back uh, to California, and and here's the story out of NPR. This is back from uh, 2019. A jury sentenced Navy SEAL Special Operations Chief Edward Gallagher on Wednesday, one day after he was acquitted on the most serious charges he faced in connection with the death of a 17-year-old ISIS fighter in U.S. custody. A military jury has sentenced Navy SEAL uh, Edward Gallagher to a demotion and reduction in pay for posing with a dead prisoner's body on the battlefield. This wasn't just a prisoner. This was an ISIS terrorist. A jury convicted Gallagher of that crime on Tuesday, but acquitted him of charges that he murdered the captive ISIS fighter. Uh, And then it goes on to talk about everything else they're doing to him. But here's Gallagher. Gallagher was 40 years old. This was in 2019. A 19-year veteran and a Bronze Star recipient. He served eight deployments overseas as a U.S. Navy SEAL. Well, he made, a, he made a mistake. He posed with a dead terrorist body. Well, he gets court-martialed, goes through this two-year trial or longer, three-year trial process, all because of that mistake. So the question is, who's going to answer for uh, Eddie, Edward Gallagher? This was a, this was a good shoot. This was a, this was a righteous kill. This was an ISIS terrorist attacking our Navy SEALs, and he killed him, which is the right thing to do. Well, this person, whoever's flying the drone from wherever they are in the U.S., uh, dropped a bomb on 10 innocent civilians in Kabul, Afghanistan. When are they going to be court-martialed? When are they going to be brought up before a military jury to answer for this? Well, that probably won't happen because then it would look bad on the Biden administration. Then it would look bad on Milley. Then it would look bad on McKenzie. And then it would look bad on the Pentagon. So we can't do that. But let's go after our Navy SEALs who've been serving for 17, 18 years. Let's go after him. Let's ruin his life. Let's demote him. Let's cut his pay. Let's smear his name. But whoever pulled the drone trigger, nope, we can't go after them. Why? Because somebody in the higher-ups gave the authorization to pull the trigger. So we can't go after them. Got to protect the elites. Got to protect the big dogs at the Pentagon. Complete double standard. We'll be back in a few minutes. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. As David prepared to face Goliath, Saul tried to outfit David with Saul's personal armor. But David didn't have Saul's armor when he faced the lion or the bear. And David recognized that he didn't need the armor to slay Goliath. Today, many Christians yield to the temptation to be hipper, cooler, even a little fuzzy on the clear teachings of Scripture in order to face the Goliaths of our day. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. We don't need a cool light show to be effective ambassadors for Christ. All we need is to offer what we have freely received. We know the transforming power of Christ because he has transformed us. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. I've heard it said many people pleasers started out as parent pleasers. As women, it's so common to feel this urge to appease everyone, even at the cost of yourself. But we know this kind of people-pleasing is unsustainable. The difference between doing selfless acts and being a people-pleaser ultimately comes down to the root cause of the action. A servant-hearted person gives honestly, but a people-pleaser does so to gain the affection of others. Be conscious of your daughter's parent-pleasing. In difficult moments, affirm that she is loved and cherished no matter what. Remind her that always making her bed or getting the highest grade in class isn't why you love her. She doesn't need to earn your love. You love her unconditionally, and God does too. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Glad to have you with us today on the show. AFA at the Core. Hey, our by design challenge, which I... I did uh, keep my word. I took my wife on a date this past Friday night. Um, that's our by design challenge uh, this month for the month of September. Our challenge is uh, to take your spouse on a date. That is our challenge this month. Hey, I got a funny story that I got to share with our listeners. I put it on, there it is, I put it on a sheet of paper, but um, I filed up. I had a little fender bender with my trailer, if you can have a fender bender with your own piece of equipment. <laughs> but I had a, I had a, uh, during the, the ice storm that hit, hit the south in February, I was pulling my trailer with a four-wheeler on it because I took the four-wheeler over to my family's house and we were riding through the snow. And so I went to pick it up uh, on the ice, which is probably not a good idea, but nonetheless I did. And uh, so I finally wait until now to file the claim. I just kind of sat on it for several months. Didn't know what, whether I want to just pay cash out of pocket or file it. So anyway, I went ahead and said, I'm just going to file this and, and, and get it fixed, get my truck fixed. So I, I get on a call today with uh, my insurance company. One of the adjusters calls me. And the first thing she says is, her name's Ashley. First thing she says is, 
Is this a Walker like Walker Wildman from American Family Radio? <laughs> and I said, it is. It is Walker Wildman. So anyway, she was a listener to the network, a loyal listener, Bobby, to the radio network. But it, you weren't like Walker. You were the I walker. Am, I am the you walker. You are the walker. Yeah, I am the walker. Uh, so she, uh, uh, I got to talk to one of our listeners. Her name was Ashley, and she worked with one of our insurance companies here in the state of Mississippi. Uh, so that was good to hear that we got a uh, uh, some some loyal listeners out there in all kinds of uh, occupations across the country. So that was encouraging to see. Uh, Bobby, do we have our friend Steve on with us? We do. He's on guest one with us. All right. Steve Tiber, Eight Days of Hope president and founder, co-founder with his father, actually. Steve, welcome to back to AFA at the core. Thank you so much for having me. You know, it's been three weeks since the hurricane, and we're talking about other things. But I tell you, down here in Louisiana, we've had our hands full, and um, you know, we're going to be here for multiple weeks. So um, thank you so much for allowing me to kind of share an update with your listeners. Absolutely. Steve, um, as far as um, Ida, Hurricane Ida that hit Louisiana, what is, well, what's the top, or, or what would you say is the most, what did the most damage? You've got a lot of things going on with hurricanes. You've got wind, you've sure. got water. Sure. What seemed sure. to be the, the most damaging part of the hurricane down there? Yeah, so for the most part, I would say wind. Um, wind, uh, you know, quite a bit. Um, when you get to Laplace, where Hurricane Isaac hit in 2013, you also got two and a half, three feet of water. And so you didn't have the flooding in, in the New Orleans area like you did you know, back uh, with Katrina. But this is going to still be probably one of the top three costliest hurricanes ever in America because of the wind damage. Um, you know, at Walker, just, just today, there are about 97% of the homes have power in, in Laplace. And there's still some areas... Uh, closer to the shore that are still without power. And, and this is just power that's coming on the last couple of days. Mm. And so these families who had got out their house again, eight, you know, from eight years ago, having to do it back then, tarpon roofs, that's what we've been doing for multiple weeks, doing chainsaw work. We're doing something we've never done before. We're making thousands of meals every day and we're feeding the community because even those without power, where do you go buy a brand new refrigerator when all the appliance stores are shut down? Uh, and haven't, you know, restocked. So, you know, this is going to be a mess for a while, but, you know, God's called us to, to be there on the front lines, to love and serve the brokenhearted, and that's what ATS is going to do. Uh, Steve, uh, I know uh, one of our, my associate pastor here in Tupelo drove down, actually delivered some materials down to a church somewhere in Louisiana, I think around New Orleans, but uh, he said that, the, that, that people are just needing, needing tarps. And I know you guys have done this for a long time, so y'all probably got a stockpile of tarps, but... Um, have you guys run out of any materials or are you guys able to stay pretty stocked up on everything that you need? You know, we have some great national partners, including American Family Radio. I appreciate you and your family so much. We, we were, you know, we're always stocked for the big one. We hope it's not needed, but unfortunately, you know, we had about $30,000 of tarps that, uh, and this is tarping material that will last 12 months. So it's not tarps that in three months is going to start withering away and you're going to have another issue with your roof. So right now we have teams in Laplace and Mandeville. We're in two locations. We're doing chainsaw work. We're tarping roofs. We've already helped about 150 families in these two communities tarping the roofs, doing chainsaw work, taking trees off of homes so they can protect from further damage. And, yes, we've got it out homes that is flooded as well. Um, the other thing we're doing, a little bit unique, Walker, is we brought our laundry trailer down here. 
is some of the basic things that families need after disaster, besides the obvious food and water, is there's no laundromats open, right? Because there's no power. And those laundromats flood it too. You know, we have a laundry trail with 10 commercial washers and dryers, and we have been doing laundry nonstop from sunup to sundown, not only for the families in need, but we've been doing a lot of laundry for the guys working on the power line. I mean, mm. these guys, you know, and, and ladies, they don't have any opportunity to get clean clothes. So we're sharing the gospel by washing clothes and just loving people and, and, and serving even the, the power workers as well. So it's been a unique three weeks for us down here in Louisiana. Yeah, you know, Steve, the, the power the power company guys, they uh, they might be some of the most unappreciated uh, guys out there because they're kind of doing work behind the scenes. Nobody really knows what they're doing. Um, it's kind of overlooked sometimes, but but the, the people, the men and women put getting power back on, uh, that's a vital role, and they, those people work 24 hours a day sometimes uh, just to get uh, areas back up with power, and power is a critical need for families all across the South and all across the country. Hey, Steve, uh, there's two ways. Or two, what, what, what are the top two needs? I know you need volunteers, but you also need donations, so tell our listeners where they can do both of those. Thank you. So, you know, if, and if someone decides to donate today, we're 100% pass-through organization because of our partners across the nation, like American Family Radio, who covers our fixed costs. If you make a donation online at 8daysofhope.com, 8daysofhope.com, 100% of your donation will go to help those in need. Our mailing address is on our website and our Facebook page, but it's Post Office Box 3208, Tupelo, Mississippi, 38803. That's P.O. Box 3208, Tupelo, Mississippi, 3803. We just announced yesterday we're going to be going to a third site, and we're going to be going to Kenner, which is right next to New Orleans. We're going to be partnering with a church down there, and we're going to start this upcoming week, and we're going to be there for three weeks. So that'll be our third site uh, within 45 miles because the need is so huge. So if you can volunteer and you're 18, come hang out with us at three. We provide food and lodging, give you a couple great-looking T-shirts, and you're going to meet some of the nicest people. I tell you, these people in Louisiana, we love them. I, I hate that we're going back there so much in the last 12 months, months with Hurricane Delta and Laura and the ice freeze. But, you know, God's open to put the door for us to love and serve these families. And, you know, we're, we're glad that we're there to, to help some of these families get through a very tough time. Amen. And that's so we can't lose sight of that, Steve. And I know you guys don't. Uh, but but the fact that people are coming to Christ because of, of a, a disaster comes through Amen. and Christians come in through eight days of hope and they serve and love people that they don't even know, complete strangers. And it, it's it's one of the greatest displays of Christ's love uh, to just go in and, and give your time and your energy. And, and for many for many people, they give up their vacation time for their company to come down and work for you guys. Uh, it's just so, so encouraging. Uh, give us one, just give us one quick testimony, one encouraging story story that you've gotten uh, out of the last several weeks of service. Yeah, you know, we had a, a family we were serving, and a tree came through the roof, and their son, who was about 10 years old, had just sat up in his bed and moved off his pillow. The tree came through the roof and pierced his pillow, and the boy was sitting up. Well, our volunteers showed up three days later, and they took care of the tree and tarped the roof. And the gentleman who once said, you know, at one time he had a relationship with Jesus, he had walked away from the Lord. And he just, he was, he could not believe that God spared his son and then sent volunteers to take the tree off his house, tarp his roof, and love on his family. His family has come every single night to eat dinner with us and do worship and devotion with us every night. 
And, mm. and, you know, he said, I hate it took a disaster to wake me up, but God spared my son. I'll never walk from him away, mm. away from him again. So yeah, that, wow. there's a lot of those stories out there, Walker. Sometimes it's just handing a meal. It's a gentleman falling on his knees in the laundry trailer, um, not believing that someone would come from Illinois, New York, or Kansas, or Mississippi to serve him. And um, God's doing some amazing things during some tough times here in Louisiana. Amen. All right. God bless you, Steve. We'll promote your website again here in, in, here in a few minutes, but keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate you guys so much. God bless you, brother. And, hey, and good luck with your insurance claim, too, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> hey, hey, small problems compared to what you guys are dealing with, but we'll work through it. Uh, God bless you guys. All right. Thanks, brother. Talk to you later. All right. That's uh, Steve Tiber, president and co-founder of Eight Days of Hope. Uh, on their website is where I am now. And it's very easy to do. You just go to their website, 8daysofhope.com, and we'll post this on my podcast page at AFR.net as well. Uh, but 8daysofhope.com, you go to their homepage, right on the front top of the page, it says Hurricane Ida Response, how you can serve. You click on that link, you can donate or volunteer. Those are the two best ways uh, to help 8 Days of Hope. And of course, most importantly, pray for their work, pray for their ministry and pray for their teams that are on the ground there in Louisiana. So 8daysofhope.com is that website for you to donate. Uh, Back to the news of the day, I came across this uh, story out of Fox News regarding this Associated Press report over the weekend. You know, the past, well, really the past 8 to 10 months have been terrible for the Biden administration, 8 to 9 months. And it's been terrible for the Biden administration, just disaster after disaster, crisis after crisis. And much of this is um, self-induced crises and situations that could have been completely avoided. uh, But instead, we have incompetent people running the government. So when you have incompetent people running the government, bad things tend to happen. Well, this Associated Press reporter put out a tweet along with his story that he worked on. Uh, His name is Jonathan Lemire. And here's here's his uh, here's his statement here's his tweet along with his AP story. The Pentagon admitted its its uh, its drone strike its errant drone strike. COVID, COVID boosters did not get full approval. France recalled its ambassador. The punishing headlines all within an hour underscored the perils of for from for a president from uncontrollable events that can define a term. Lemire wrote, who is also a political analyst for MSNBC, he wrote this on Twitter on Friday afternoon, along with the AP story that he authored. Well, what many people didn't like about this is this, this, this word, uncontrollable. This phrase, uncontrollable events. As if this is a hurricane, it's a natural disaster, it's a flood. Whatever it is, uncontrollable events. And the difference, the stark difference between how the former president, President Trump, was treated by the media, I mean, everything was Trump's fault. COVID was Trump's fault, even though it originated out of China. COVID was Trump's fault. Uh, Global warming is Trump's fault, even though global warming doesn't even exist. Climate change is Trump's fault. Any economic issues, Trump's fault. (laughs) Afghanistan, Trump's fault. The list goes on and on and on. A hurricane would hit the U.S. under the Trump administration. 
and it was Trump's fault because of climate change. But here we are. Things have changed. We now have a Democrat in the White House along with his uh, allies in the media, uh, the Democrat media conglomerate, and the Associated Press is leading the way. <laughs> and President Biden gets, an, gets, a, gets a pass. He gets a pass. Why? Because of uncontrollable events. <laughs> uncontrollable events. So the drone strike killing 10 innocent civilians in, in Kabul, well, nobody's responsible for that. I mean, that's uncontrollable. We can't help that. I mean, we only had, I don't know how many people authorized that strike on an unproven target, uh, but that's uncontrollable. You know, the COVID boosters and the FDA and the CDC and all this disaster that's going on where they can't agree on anything, well, that's uncontrollable. It's just it's just happens by happenstance. It's uncontrollable. And then uh, the U.S. entered this agreement with Australia and one other country, but they left out France when it comes to building military submarines. They left out France, one of our longest allies, and that's uncontrollable as well. So the excuses for the Biden administration just continue to stack up, and they get uh, get passes all day long, all week long, all month long. Nothing is ever President Biden's fault. Well, the uh, the... Hollywood elites, also a part of the Democrat establishment, uh, they had two events. They had the Emmys this past weekend, and then they had the Met Gala uh, about a week ago. And at both places, uh, they weren't wearing masks. At least the elites weren't wearing the mask, but the servants were. That's what uh, that's what um, Bill Maher calls them, and we'll play this clip after the break. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get to this. It's 44 seconds. We can get this in. Listen to Bill Maher on the servants wearing masks, but the important people not. You know, you talk about this tribalism. Um, I don't know if this is tribalism, but I was looking at the pictures from the Met Gala, you know, and we're going to get to AOC. She wore tax the rich on her dress. But I, 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 I noticed something that I've seen having been out at a few parties. Uh, since the pandemic began, and that is the people going to the party don't wear masks, but the servers wear masks. Yeah, there's, a, there's look at this. I mean, that's just there's something about this that's not liberal to me. I, I mean, these are the liberal swells of the world. And uh, but if we're all vaccinated and um, do the germs know who the good people are? <laughs> it just seems it seems a little wrong. Oh, Bill Maher bringing a little common sense to the table. Do the germs know who the good people are? The important people don't wear a mask, but the servers do. Talk about two classes of people. We'll be back in a few minutes for more AFA at the Core. The American Family Association's mission is to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. Our goal is to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Here are some of our core values. AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. Thank you for standing with us as we seek to stop the erosion of godly values. Hurricane Ida is one of the strongest hurricanes to hit Louisiana to date. Thousands are in need of hope and help so 8 Days of Hope is headed to Louisiana to help them begin rebuilding their lives. If you're local to the area or if you can travel, you're very welcome to join. 
But if you can't do that, you're still able to help through your prayers and donations. To sign up as a volunteer or to donate, go to 8daysofhope.com. 8daysofhope.com. Emmy was in a bad relationship when she found out she was pregnant. Her boyfriend told her to get an abortion, which she seriously considered. I knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Emmy went to a preborn center in need of guidance. They honestly were able to put every fear at ease and let me know that it was going to be okay. Because of them, he's here. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Preborn clinics introduce moms in crisis to their babies through ultrasound while providing hope, love, and the gospel in action. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she's 80% more likely to choose life for her baby. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. For American Family Radio, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What's your five-year plan? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? Two of the most common questions any company asks at a job interview. They want to see if an applicant is a quote-unquote self-starter, that you can plan ahead. The Apostle James wouldn't even know where to begin, though. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. His words in James 4.13 warn us against presumption. Yet, we do not know what tomorrow will bring. Here's a better way. Humble submission of our future plans to the Lord, full of faith, to follow wherever He leads. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Hey, our resource of the week is that of Joseph Parker. Pastor Joseph Parker has written an excellent compilation of of articles of blogs from the stand and this is um a great book it's called a pastor's notes god calls the church to stand boldly for life that is the name of this book by our own joseph parker it's an excellent uh resource very encouraging resource from our own joseph parker so i would encourage you to go to our resource center resources.afa.net and order this book. Pastor Joseph is also host of the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. So this is our resource of the week at Pastor's Notes. God's, God calls the church to stand boldly for life by our very own Joseph Parker. Go to resources.afa.net um, to order that for yourself and your family or whoever you want to order it for. Uh, the hypocrisy here that we played the last segment um, knows no bounds. Uh, the hypocrisy is never ending, and there's this uh, this two tiered system. And I mean, I played the clip from Sky News last week, warning about when you create two classes of people. And what's so disingenuous and so uh, so glaring, it's like out in the open, out in the public, no secret, is that 
the Democrats and, and their allies, and, and when I say the Democrats, I'm talking the whole cabal. I'm not just talking about people who are in elected office to get a little D by their name. No, I'm talking about Hollywood. I'm talking about CNN. I'm talking about the whole shebang. All the Fortune 100 companies that are all in the bed with the Democrat Party, uh, the Amazons, the Googles, so on and so forth. They all sign these, these self-righteous letters for equality and for all this garbage. Well, um, that's the Democrats. I mean, the Democrats, that's a broad term that covers all of the corrupt, all of the people who don't agree, who fundamentally hate our country. They are the Democrats. It's a very broad, broad party. But they're all such hypocrites. They're all such hypocrites, Bobby, because they they go to these big fancy dinners with all the rich folks who they apparently don't like. They're not supposed to like rich people, but they go to dinner with them, and they, they take their money for their campaigns, and they make the servers, the little people, wear a mask. <laughs> but the important people, you know, the Democrats, they don't have to wear a mask, Bobby, because they're important. Well, they're, they're of the elitist of the elite. I call them the Politburo, but... Um... <laughs> I just got a news flash. Um, my darling wife just asked um, if she can get your autograph. By the way, I will be glad to autograph She's, anything Denise wants to. me to autograph. Awesome, awesome. I'll, I will definitely pass that on. Absolutely, um, and I won't even charge for it. I won't even charge for it. Hey, um, this this hypocrisy knows no bounds. And and so we, I just played the Bill Maher clip from the uh, Met Gala, and here's another event. And these these what's so funny though as part of this is that all these all these people go to these events and they all think they're so important they all think they're so important meanwhile the rest of america is not even watching this stuff they're not even watching this stuff okay some of these people are important when it comes to culture they would call themselves important they they, they're on all these movies and they do all this important stuff in hollywood so okay okay they're important i get it but the emmys is another uh, met gala type event where they all go to this big fancy dinner with like th- paying thousands of dollars for a table or for a plate. And they all hang out together and give each other high fives and tell each other how good they are. <laughs> and uh, Emmy, the Emmys, it's another one. It's another one. Well, they did the same thing. The Emmys, they, reading directly from this Fox News piece, the Emmys were skewered on social media as viewers took notice of the lack of coronavirus Safety measures, especially, are specifically masks. The 2021 awards show was one of the first to return to the typical in-person format following more than a year of delayed and adjusted ceremonies like the Oscars and the Golden Globes. Poor poor them. Poor them. Imagine the churches that had to shut down. A few of the stars in attendance on Sunday were seen in the broadcast wearing masks are observing social distancing guidelines, so few of them were abiding by the Biden protocols. Although host Cedric and the Entertainer publication noted on the broadcast that everyone in attendance had to show proof of vaccination, as well as test negative for COVID-19, stars like Seth Rogen, they came out swinging at the lack of requirements. He wasn't the only one. And so uh, everybody supposedly had to have a vaccination to get in this event, which is ridiculous in and of itself. But you know, I'm actually not mad at these people. I'm not mad at these people because I think we should all have the liberty to go to dinner and not wear a face diaper and wear a mask while we sip in between we sip our Coke or we sip our water. We shouldn't have to pull our mask up over our nose uh, like we're in communist China. 
And so I agree with these people. I think we should be able to go to dinner with our family in New York. You know, I played the clip last week where the fam the den- the family can't go to dinner in New York anywhere, anywhere in New York City uh, because they don't have the jab. They, they can't eat dinner because they don't have the jab. Uh, but these folks get to eat dinner and they don't have to wear their mask unless you're a server, uh, unless you're a little person, then you got to wear your mask. Uh, but the hypocrisy is astounding. So I think we should all just bear together. We should all just come together and do the unity thing that Biden tried to do. But we could do it now. We could do the unity thing. And we can all say we're just not wearing masks anymore. Uh, that's the unifying thing to do as a country. Whether you're Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, whatever you are, whatever you want to call yourself, we're all not going to wear a mask. And we're all going to have big fancy dinners together and have a good old time and not wear a mask. How about that? I think that's great. Um, I think it's great. Bobby, that's that's a really good point. You know, if you really want to up your poll points, just say do away with the masks. The science is out on them. Yes. Um, It's like sneezing through a chain link fence. Nobody has to wear a mask anymore. Yeah. He'll he'll overnight. He'll he'll gain in the polls by 25 points. Oh, that would be the most unifying thing the president could do. Just say no more face. Exactly. We're not doing it anymore. And I saw this terrible video and I'm 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 being a little lighthearted. I'm kind of joking about this. But seriously. Uh, I saw a uh, there's some serious damage being done here mentally and emotionally for children. I saw a video of this little two-year-old at, at school, and the teacher keeps yanking the mask over his face like the child is wanting it off so he can breathe. And, and the teacher keeps yanking it over his face and basically holding it over his face, making him suffocate. And then I saw another video of a two-year-old that has asthma on an airplane and the mother and the child get booted from the airplane, escorted out by police, because the two-year-old with asthma will not wear the mask. And so we have to ask ourselves, is this the America we want to live in? Is this good? Is this righteous? Is this noble? Is this scientific? We have to ask ourselves that, and the answer to that is clearly no. Study after study after study show that the masks are ineffective especially the cloth ones that everybody's wearing. And the surgical ones, they're even less effective. And study after study show that even before the COVID-19 pandemic, there were studies about flu, about whether masks work to stop flu, and they don't. They just don't. But instead, we've got our kids wearing these things for eight hours a day. I've told my wife, we're not doing it. My kids... My four-year-old and my three-year-olds, we're not wearing masks for seven to eight hours a day. It's absolutely ridiculous, unscientific, and it's damaging our children. And you know what even makes it all the more damaging and, and just absolutely ridiculous is the important people, the Hollywood stars, they don't have to wear a mask, but our kids have to wear a mask. We can go to a football game with 70,000 fans shoulder to shoulder, which, by the way, I'm fine with. I I go to football games. I've been to a Mississippi Mississippi State game, two of them, uh, where I'm packed out with 50,000 people, and I'm happy. I love it. But we can't do that, which is totally American, totally fine. I'm in favor for it, in favor of it. But then when we go to school on Monday morning, we got to slap the the, 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 uh, uh, face mask over our little children. For eight hours. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. And I read a a post on Twitter where it said, uh, so we're making our kids wear face masks to protect the adults 
who then go party and go to the football games on the weekends. So that really makes a whole lot of sense. So we just need to end the whole mask in schools, masking our kids. That all needs to be ended. It's absolutely ridiculous. And we're causing all kinds of untold damage emotionally and mentally to our kids. And all it takes is some parents standing up. All it takes is some parents standing up, say, we're not doing it. My kid's not wearing a mask. If other kids want to wear a mask, if their parents want to make them wear a mask, totally up to them. But I'm telling you, for my child, my child will not wear a mask. And if uh, you have about 100 parents do that per school district, that would actually be pretty good. So let's give it a try. I would encourage the parents to stand up. Uh, Speaking of the Democrats not having to wear a mask, uh, the San Francisco mayor was caught uh, at a club, maskless, partying it up, dancing, having a good old time on the weekend. And she gets questioned about her violating her own mask order in San Francisco. Well, she gets all kind of defenseless, and this shouldn't even be a focus. And why are you asking me about this? Clip three, let's listen. I don't know about you and whether or not you know who Raphael Sadiq and Dwayne Wiggins are, but I don't know about you, but if you know who they are, I don't care where you're sitting, you're going to get up and start dancing. My drink was sitting at the table. I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit and I wasn't (laughs) thinking about a mask. I was thinking about having a good time. Hallelujah. And in the process, I was following the health orders. Not to mention the Chronicle reporter who walked up to me had no mask in sight. When I took a picture, as I do in any case or do an interview, yes, I take my mask off when I want to take a picture. I don't need to. I'm vaccinated. I don't need to wear a mask and take a picture every single time. I don't want to. But at the same time, I'm being careful to not only protect myself and to protect other people. This is nitpicking. This is really unfortunate. I'm self-righteous. I'm the mayor. Don't ask me questions. I don't have to wear a mask if I don't want to. I've got the jab, the jab that doesn't work. Uh, So don't ask me any questions. I get to go to the nightclub and party, and all you little people put your mask on. That was the message from the London mayor. Uh, I'm sorry. Her name is London Breed. That's from the San Francisco mayor. Close enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Might as well be the mayor of London. Uh, London Breed is her name. She's the mayor of San Francisco. But She's in this nightclub partying it up, violating her own mask order. And when she gets questioned about it, she goes, well, do you know who was performing? If you would have known who was performing, you wouldn't ask me this right now. <laughs> she was feeling the spirit, she said. She didn't have to wear a mask because that feeling the spirit totally blocks COVID. The germs go away if you fill in the spirit. <laughs> indeed. It's a spiritual moment. Yeah. Obviously. So, uh, oh, my goodness. This is insane. And and I'm I'm good with her not wearing a mask. I don't think she should have to wear a mask. But don't make everybody else wear a yeah, mask. Exactly. That's exactly. the frustrating part. If you're going to have a mask mandate in your city, which is unscientific and ridiculous, then put your mask on. If you're the mayor, you're enforcing the rules, you put your mask on. If you don't want to, that's great. That's American. Take the mask off and rescind the order. Uh, rescind the order. Instead, she goes, well, I'm vaccinated and da-da-da-da-da. Well, the CDC has said the vaccine doesn't prevent you from spreading the virus and doesn't prevent you from getting the virus. Uh, So the whole, I've got the jab card, that just doesn't hold up according to scientific standard as your excuse to not put your face mask on. Uh, So that excuse uh, goes out the window. But if the right person is performing at the nightclub, then that might be a reason to not put your mask on when you go dancing on the dance floor. 
You know, talking about uh, all these uh, standards that are arbitrary, that are pulled out of people's pockets in these big fancy expert meetings uh, that have no scientific basis, the whole six-foot social distancing actually, according to the former Trump administration official, it also is not rooted in science or any kind of scientific data. Clip six on six-foot social distancing. And you're right. The six feet was arbitrary. The six feet was arbitrary in and of itself. But if the administration had focused in on that, they might have been able to affect a policy that would have actually achieved their outcome. But mm-hmm. that policymaking process didn't exist. And the six feet is a perfect example of sort of the lack of rigor around how CDC made recommendations. Nobody knows where it came from. Most people assume that the six feet of distance, the recommendation (laughs) for keeping six feet apart, comes out of some old studies related to flu, where droplets don't travel more than six feet. We now know COVID spreads through aerosols. The initial recommendation that the CDC brought to the White House, and I talk about this, was 10 feet. And a political appointee in the White House said, we can't recommend 10 feet. Nobody can measure 10 feet. It's inoperable. Society will shut down. So the compromise was around six feet. (laughs) All right, Bobby and, and Marty and I, we're just having a good old time today. We can't stop laughing at these clips. Um, and it is, it's laughable, but yet infuriating at the same time. But we've got to laugh just to get, just just to cool our spirits a little bit. But that was Scott G- Gitlib, uh, the former Trump uh, FDA official under the Trump administration, admitting on Face the Nation on CBS that the six-foot social distancing rule which is dominating society. You go in a restaurant, you've got the stickers on the floor, keep your six-foot social distancing. He just admitted there that it was arbitrary, that they had a meeting at the beginning of the pandemic at the Trump White House, and they were throwing out numbers. One guy said 10 feet, the other guy said three, and one guy said six, and they said, let's meet in the middle. (laughs) Let's go with six, even though it's not backed up by any type of science. Let's go with six feet social distancing. All I'm recommending, folks, is we just stop playing the game. Let's just stop playing the game. Let's go back to pre-COVID, pre-COVID America, and let's live our lives without all the fake science. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. We'll see you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.